Well, Rock Church, how's everybody doing today? You guys good out there? So <laughs> good to see you guys and hope that you've had a great weekend. It's, it's like we got an extra hour of sleep this morning. This place is packed, I'm telling you. Oh, you didn't get an extra hour? Did you stay up late to watch a football game or something? I'm just noticing the shirt you're wearing. I'm proud that, I, I am thankful that you're proud of your team. And I'm proud of my team. <laughs> so, um, but, but, so yeah, so if you happen to watch that game that started at 7.30 that was in South Bend last night, um, that, that was fun. Um, but, but even better than that, some of you watched that game that happened Thursday night just down the street. And uh, that, that was a big one. That was a big one. I know we have several of our um, football players uh, that are in the room right now, so I'm just, I'm thankful for you guys. And... Uh, Excited just to always be a part of it, you know, and a lot of coastal students and several uh, of our athletes from different programs join us at The Rock every Sunday, and, and I just want you to know I'm thankful for you and glad that you're a part of it and that you're here. And, uh, and maybe you're new with us. If you're new with us, man, thanks for coming today. Uh, I know it can be intimidating sometimes coming to a new place and a new church, but, but I hope that, that just coming in, that you've been received well and that you've enjoyed your time and maybe got connected with somebody. I do encourage you, if you are new with us, get connected. As a church, we really want to help you find what matters, and we know that that best happens when you get connected with Jesus and with others. So use that QR code in front of you to let us know that you're here, or stop by the New Here tent on your way out, as we've got a gift for you there, and we'd love to give that to you, all right? Now, we're in a series. The series is a little different. It's called Get Off Your donkey, okay? And it means exactly what it says, all right? That, that's what it is. We're saying, hey, let's, let's get off our butts and let's go do what the Lord has called us to do, especially in the way of giving, that we would give in a way that matters. And, and all throughout this service, we're going to talk, our series, we're going to talk about practical ways that you can give. One real practical way is next week, we are doing a food drive. And uh, so at all of our campuses here, uh, at Ainer, at South Strand, online, we, we, are, we are collecting food to give out to our local food banks. And, and here in Conway and Ainer, we're going to give it uh, to an organization right here in Conway, uh, for those who live on the south end, there's a ministry down there that we're going to partner with. If you're online, we've already had this happen. Some people might want to send food in, and we will distribute it on your behalf. Um, or you can just go to a local food bank. Buy some food, just go to a local food bank. There's one pretty much in every town. And just give in a way that matters. Because that's what this series is all about. Giving in a way that matters. Now, I'm going to ask a tough question right now. This is a question that, that it is my prayer over the next 28 minutes that you will just wrestle with this question. And the question is this, what are you willing to give up for God? What are you willing to give up for God? Maybe everything. What are you willing to give up for God if he asks? Like, like for some of us, we'd be like, man, I'm willing to give up some time. Or maybe I'm willing to give up uh, some, some of my money. Or maybe I'm willing to give up 
uh, some bad habits, or maybe I'm willing to give up some, some sinful habits. Maybe there's some things that you know that you are doing that is not of God, and you're just like, I know God is asking me to give it up. Are you willing to? Like, are you willing to give up time? Are you willing to give up money? Are you willing to give up some bad habits? Are you willing to give up some sin habits? Uh, how about this? Are you willing to give up some career dreams? Or are you willing to give up some little things? Or, or, or let's go to a not, whole nother level. Are you willing to give up your child? Now, I know when I ask that, like, like if you're really tracking with me, like, like you might go, whoa, 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 time out. Like, time, I get it. Some of my bad habits, I get it. But my child, you'd be like, no way. Others of you are like, oh, sure, Lord, you can have him. <laughs> right? You're like, see ya. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know why when I use that illustration, I always say you can have him because I got two daughters and two boys. I don't know why I'm saying him, but well, maybe there's something in my subconscious there. I don't know. But, but right, like, like, but what if God asked you to give up a loved one? Would you do it? And I know you think, well, like, would he actually ask that? Well, he did ask it of somebody in the Bible. And we're going to look at his story. It's a, a guy named Abraham. And uh, Abraham was a guy who we find his story in the very first book of the Bible. It's called the book of Genesis. And as you see his story, you're going to see that God asked him to give up his son. And, and by doing so, Abraham, Abraham had to decide, am I willing to get off my donkey? So, so I just want to read this story, and, and I'm going to read it and teach from it a little bit, and, and then at the end, just going to make some real practical application steps, all right? So, so what I'm, what I'm going to do is just kind of challenge us that way for a second, and um, what I want to encourage us is to, to see in this story how, how Abraham had to be willing just to get off his donkey. And, and it's tough to think about, but, but he was willing to do it. And um, I'm going to rely on the guys in the back to, to kind of control these slides. But, but let, me, let me read them for a second. Or, or I might have control. We'll decide later. If you see a weird thing show up on the screen, it means they're going to take over. All right, here we go. comes from the book of Genesis, verse 20, or chapter 22, verse 1. It says this. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham called. Yes, he replied. Here I am. Now, let me, let me stop for a second and just kind of zone in on this for a second because this is a very important part of the story. Like you might just read it and go, okay, he answered God. Yeah, he, he did, but, but he didn't just answer God. He actually went a whole lot further than, than that. When he said, yes, here I am, that is some symbolism in those words that he is best basically saying, I'm listening, master. What is it that you want? And we know that because there's other times in scripture and every time that phrase is used, it's somebody saying, here I am. What can I do for you? Jacob did this. Uh, a guy named Isaiah did this. Samuel did this. That God spoke and they said, here I am. What is it that you want me to do? So notice that's actually what Abraham is saying. He's saying, yes, Lord, here I am. What is it you have me to do? And this is what God said to him. Take your son, 
your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on, which, on, on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Now, let's just pause again. Like, let's just admit it. This is crazy. Like, take your son and go sacrifice him? Like, that seems insane. Like, many of us would go, wait, a second ago you said God was good. He sure doesn't look very good here. I, I get that. If you're thinking that, I totally understand that. It's not an uncommon thought. But what I want you to see, though, is actually what is happening. And I'm going to point this out in the rest of the text. That this isn't just a story about Abraham and his son Isaac. This story is really about God the Father and Jesus his son. That, that through the whole story, what you're going to see is the story of Jesus and how Jesus was willing to sacrifice his life. And we see that just by, by just going back up a little bit. It says, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac. Why did God say it that way? Well, one, he was trying to make sure he understood which son he was talking about because Abraham didn't really only have one son. He actually had another son that he had out of wedlock, kind of outside of God's plan. But here God is saying, take your only son. What that word only means, in English we translate it only, but if you were to go to the Hebrew, what it was originally written in, it, it really means unique. Take your unique son, that, that son who has a calling on his life. So it can mean only, but it can also mean unique. And take him to the land of Moriah, all right? And again, there's emphasis here because what Moriah is, is Jerusalem, modern-day Jerusalem. That where Jesus would be crucified a couple thousand years later on a mountain in Jerusalem, this is what God is pointing out. He's saying, take your unique son, your only son, to the mountain in Jerusalem and sacrifice him there. So again, imagery and a foreshadowing of Jesus. Let, let me keep reading. Says the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. And he set out to the place God had told him about. That then I want you to notice real quick. He got up the next morning. Let's be honest. If God asked something that difficult, how many of us would be willing to do it within twelve hours? Right? Like, I, I can see your faces. You're like, uh-uh. Like, like, that would be hard. Like, like, we would probably do this. Well, let me pray about it for a while. Right? You'd be like, well, God, I don't really think that you said that. Nothing's wrong with praying about things. Let's make sure we know that. But, but if we heard something like that, we would probably be like, I don't think so. Remember, Abraham had a very special relationship with God where God spoke audibly to him on a continual basis, all right? So, so Abraham heard from God. So he's like, next morning, he got up, he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac, and they set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up, and he saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told his servants. And again, notice the significance on the third day. 
So they set out, and three days into their journey, they get to this mountain. Again, a picture of Jesus on the third day, because Jesus would have been on this mountain, and he would have died on this mountain, and on the third day, came back to life. See, Abraham was willing to take his son to this mountain because what he really believed on the inside was that God was going to raise him from the dead. That he believed that, yes, I'm going to sacrifice him, but God's going to bring him back to life. So, so we see the significance on the third day. Thus, Abraham got off his donkey. See it there? Stay here with the donkey. So Abraham got off and he set up on the mountain and it says this, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. Again, Abraham's belief, God's going to do something. God's going to bring my, my son back from the dead. And it goes on, it reads like this. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. And while he himself carried the fire and the knife. It, this is a big part of this story. See, for many of us who have grown up in church, I've talked to people all weekend about this, and they keep saying, I had never thought about this. For most of us who have heard this story, we picture Isaac about this tall. We picture Isaac as a boy. We picture Isaac as a, as a, as a child. But at this point in the story, Isaac is at least a teenager, maybe a young adult, that, that Isaac is strong enough for the wood to be placed on his shoulder. Think about it. Abraham has to carry up the mountain a, a fire, a knife, and wood. The fire and the knife would have been the, the ones that were not as heavy. The wood would have been the heaviest. So the old man, Abraham, who's well into his hundreds by now, probably 120 plus, he's like, well, you're going to do the heavy lifting, son. And he puts the wood on his shoulder. But there's a much deeper significance. It's not just the wood on his shoulder that Isaac is carrying up the mountain for the sacrifice. This is the picture of Jesus. 2,000 years later, would place the wood upon his shoulder. And he would walk up the mountain for the sacrifice. That what we see in Isaac here is a perfect foreshadowing of Jesus. It reads on like this. It says, as the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said. But where is the sheep for the burnt offering?" Like, like Isaac, I mean, he's smart enough to understand. Like I said, he's a teenager, he's a young adult, and he's like, we're going up to worship, we're going up for an offering, a burnt offering. We got the wood, we got the fire, we got the knife, where's the lamb? And Abraham replies, God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. Abraham answered. And then they both walked on together. That Abraham said, God will provide. And again, this is where our English does it wrong. If you go back to the Hebrew text, what it really is saying here is God has provided. That it's not written in future tense that he will, but that word could really be translated as he already has. 
And I want you to see this because it's at this moment that I really believe that Abraham had a real talk with his son. See, I'd always pictured it in the past that, that Abraham made it up the mountain and he got to the top and he got everything provided and he's like, all right, son, sorry. And he tied him up real quick and threw him up there because he was younger and all that. No, he's strong enough, old enough, outrun his dad. I think it's at this point that his dad looks at him and says, God has provided, son. And they started walking together and this is just my opinion, but my guess is it was at that moment that Abraham said, Isaac, I got to tell you what God said three days ago. And this is going to be hard to hear. But let's talk about it as we go up the mountain. And I picture at that moment the father saying to the son that there's no other way. That this is what we got to do. God told me that this is what we got to do. Now, I have faith that, that he's going to rise you from the dead. I have faith that, that, that things are going to be okay. That, 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 that I want you to know when we get up there. That, that's what I believe. But I just got to let you know what God told me. And I can only imagine why they're journeying the faith of Abraham in what God said and what, what, what he was willing to give up transferred over to Isaac. And Isaac said, I will trust God as well. They journeyed up the mountain together. And then when they got to the top, this is what the scripture says. It says, when they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up a knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. And notice, yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Remember what the words here I am means? Yes, master, I'm listening. Yes, I'm here to do your bidding. What is it that you would have me to do? So Abraham is willing in the moment to answer in the same way. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for I know now that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only unique son. What we see in the story is pretty simple. God looked at Abraham and he said, what are you willing to give up for me? And I think God looks at us and he asks the same question. So what's the proper answer? And I know maybe you'll hear everything. Yeah, I actually want to go a step further than that. What will you give up for God? I think the correct answer is whatever he asks. Like, I think that's where we should be. That if we have a true understanding of who God is, that we should be willing to give up whatever he asks us to give up. And, and if that means some of our time, great. If it means some of our money, great. If it means our life, great. If it means a habit, great. If it means a sinful thing we're doing, great. Whatever it is that he asks, 
we have to be willing to give up. And now there's some things that he's going to ask that are going to be very specific. Like you might go, Josh, is he going to ask me to give up my child like he asked Abraham? I don't think so. And the reason I don't think so is we only see one time in all of scripture that God asked that. And remember, he had foreknowledge of what was to come and he was foreshadowing a picture of Jesus. So I don't think that's what he's going to ask you to do. But he might ask you to do something that is just as sacrificial. That there's some specific things. He might say, you have this career in mind, but I actually am wanting to send you to the mission field. He, he might say that, that you have this plan in mind on who you want to date, but I actually got somebody else I think that you should be dating. That you might say, well, this is what I want to do sexually, and God will say, no, this is what I have for you. There's some things that God has for us, some things that are very specific, then some things that are general. Like we could look at, should I give up a sin? If it's a sin, yes, it's general. God has said, don't sin, all right? When we talk about our money, it's very general. God says, give. When it comes to our time, God is very general. He says, give. That we don't have to wonder, should you give up some of your time, but you don't have to. No, God asks for us to serve him. So, so let me just take some general things, because I can't speak to the specific on everybody, but, but I can speak some very practical steps just in the general sense. When it comes to giving up of our finances, giving up of our time, and giving up of our life. How do we give those up when God asks? All right? Let me, let me get practical. I've been really trying to speak to the heart for a second. Let me really speak to a practical way right now. And some of you are note takers. This is your note taking time, all right? If you want to be willing to get off your donkey and give when God asks you to give, I'd say the first thing you got to do is you got to make preparations. That you got to make preparations because when God speaks, you got to be willing to do, but when to do, sometimes you got to make preparations, all right? Think about Abraham for a second. Let me go back to the text. It reads like this in verse three. That Abraham heard what God wanted him to do, so he saddled his donkey, took two of his servants with him, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering, and he set out for the place God had told him about. That, that for Abraham, he got the wood, he got the donkeys, he got the fire, he got the knife, that he made preparations. That if you want to give to God of your finances, you need to make preparations. And here's what I mean by that. Giving to God isn't like, well, God, what do I have in my pocket that I can give you today? A pencil. There you go, God. That's what you get. That's all I got, right? I think sometimes we think we'll give like that. It's like we're coming in church like, I should probably give something to God. Oh, I got a five. Here you go, Lord. That's not how God asks us to give of our finances. He says, make a plan. Decide in your heart what it is that you want to give and then do so with joy. That, that, that for that to happen, you got to make, make some preparations because as you recognize what God calls us to give, and God calls us to give 10% of our income, and I, I know that might sound crazy to you if you've never been in church, you'd be like, what? Right? It's straight from scripture. It's what God calls us to do. Well, to do that, I got to make some preparations. I might have to cut a couple subscriptions. I might have to, to, uh, to, to sell something so I don't have weekly payments. I might have to get on a budget and say, I'm going to plan out how I'm going to do my spending so that I can give in a way that God's calling me to give. 
What, what about my time? I got to make preparations. That if you know God's calling you to serve people on his behalf, whether that's inside the church or outside the church, whether that's serving in Kids Rock or being a greeter or serving on a tech team, or whether that's serving by coaching Little League at the rec department or, or cutting somebody's grass or visiting somebody who's a shut-in, well, whatever it might be, serving inside or outside of the church, well, I got to make some preparations. I might have to say, on that night, I don't do anything because that's the night I'm serving. Then I'm going to have to look at my calendar and say, I got to cut that out because God's called me to serve on Sunday mornings in this realm. So I've got to be there. Whatever that might be, I have to make preparations. Even in our life, like I got to make some preparations. For some of you, you have an addictive habit and you're like, man, I've been trying to cut this addiction out of my life. Well, the preparation might be, I've got to cut somebody out of my life. I know that sounds harsh, but, but if you're in an addictive behavior, you know that. That if you struggle with alcohol, don't go hang out with the people who are drinking alcohol. That if you struggle with, with, with cocaine, don't go hang out with the people who are doing cocaine. Like, like you've got to cut some things out. You've got to make some preparations and then carry out the plan. This is, let's just be honest. This gets hard right now. It's easy to be convicted, isn't it? It's easy to come to church and go, oh, yeah, I should probably do that. It's a whole other thing to carry out the plan. I mean, think about Abraham. Like, like, like he heard 12 hours later he's on his donkey. And then three days later he's out the mountain. And, and my curiosity would take me to the point, like, I wonder if he got to the mountain and he kind of sat there on his donkey going, God, maybe I misheard you. Like, do I really need to go up the mountain with my son right now? I mean, we made it this far. Is this good enough? Well, like, I wonder if he's like, okay, we've done this. Maybe what God meant was not sacrifice him, but kind of pray over him. You see what I'm saying? Like, we'll often do that. Like, we'll feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We'll read something in God's word, and we're like, yeah, I got I to gotta do this. Yet in the moment, all of a sudden, we, we change our plan because we don't carry out the plan. Look back at Abraham, that when he got to the mountain, he went up it. And when he got to the top of the mountain, notice what it says here. It's verse 9 and 10. It says, then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on an altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. That Abraham was willing to carry out the plan. So when it comes to giving, will you carry out the plan? Will you make the preparations and then say, now I'm going to do it, fully do it. When it comes to serving, will you fully do it? When it comes to your life, will you fully do it? Unfortunately, I think many of us were like, well, I'll partially do it. Well, I don't I don't think I can give 10%. Well, I'll just give 2%. Or I know I'm supposed to serve, so I'll serve like once every 10 weeks when maybe I should be serving more. Or I know I should give that thing up in my life, but I'll just minimize it a little bit. Hear this. Partial obedience is disobedience. And I know that's hard to hear, and no, I'm speaking straight to myself right now as well. 
but partial obedience is disobedience. If, Mo, excuse me, if Abraham would have only partially obeyed, he would have been in disobedience. If, if Isaac would have only partially obeyed, he'd been in disobedience. If we only partially obey in these areas that God has been very specific, then we're in disobedience. So make preparations. Carry out the plan and trust the Lord to provide. Trust him. That, that Abraham had some history in his life where he learned to trust God. That, that Abraham heard God say, Abraham, I want you to get up from where you're living, and I want you to go to a distant land that I will show you, and I want you to set up your life there. And Abraham did it, and through the course of that time, learned to trust God. That, that Abraham was told, you're going to have a son. And uh, as he was waited for his son, he made some missteps. But he saw the, the, the Lord provide. He saw God show up and give him Isaac in his late days. And through his life, he learned the provision of God could be trusted. And I think that's what took him to this point where he was up on the mountain and he did all this. And then he was able to say... Lord, I, I just want to name this place. So he ends up naming the place. It's Genesis twenty two fourteen reads like this. It says, Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh. Other translations will say Jehovah Jireh. Meaning he called out and he said, God's name is Jireh. Which means the Lord will provide. And just as Abraham learned to trust the provision of God, just as Isaac learned to trust the provision of God, just as David learned to trust the provision of God, Joshua learned to trust the provision of God, Gideon learned to trust the provision of God. Now you can go all through scripture and you can see story after story about how God provides. Or you can talk to people in the room who would say, yep, God has provided in my life. God has provided. See the past and even talk to people in the present. That when you do what God calls you to do, he will provide. So it takes me right back to this question. What are you willing to give up for God? And are you willing to Make the preparations. Are you willing to carry out the plan? Are you willing to trust him to provide? Like Abraham did, like Isaac did, and like Jesus did. See, everything we see in this story, we see in Jesus as well. That we see Jesus heard the calling from the Father saying, the only way to reconcile people to me because they matter to me. The only way to reconcile us is for you to go to the earth and for you to sacrifice your life. And God the Father said, I'm going to give up my one and only, my unique son to provide life. And Jesus heard that calling from the Father while he was in heaven. And he said, I'm in. And then he made preparations. 
that he made preparations. The Bible says Jesus came in the fullness of time, when time was exactly where it needed to be. So, so they made preparations even while they were in heaven. And then Jesus came to this earth, and he lived on this earth, and he made preparations for his death. And then he carried out the plan. It says on the night that he was betrayed, he was kneeling down in the garden and he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. But if not, I'll do your will. Which is Jesus saying, God, if you're asking this of me, I'm willing to do whatever you ask. And he got up from there and he walked towards the soldiers, and they arrested him, and they beat him, and they made fun of him, and then they showed him a cross, a wooden cross beam that he had to pick up and put on his shoulder, and he carried it up the mountain called Golgotha, or the place of the skull. He carried it up for his own sacrifice, and then he hung on that wooden beam with spikes in his wrist, and he died for you and me. All the while, trusting in the provision of the Father. What was his last words? Into your hands, I commit my spirit. That to the very end, Jesus trusted the Father to provide in such a way that three days later, the Father provided through the power of the resurrection and Jesus came back to life. So follow in the footsteps of Jesus. Follow in the footsteps of Isaac. Follow in the footsteps of Abraham. And give up whatever God asks. So we're going to sing a song right now. And as we sing this song, we're going to sit in it a little while like we like to say. And we're going to take the next nine, ten minutes and And here's the simple challenge, or I probably shouldn't say simple. Here's the hard challenge. Will you give up whatever the Lord's asking you to give up right now? Because see, some of you in your spirit, you know what it is. I don't have to call it out. I will. But I don't have to. Because in your spirit, you know that there might be a sin, a habit, an addiction that you are constantly running to, that you know is not of God. And he's saying, give that up. And you might say, but I want it. I, I, I want to live this way. I want to do this. But you know God's saying, give it up. Then I'm going to challenge you to give it up to God. Maybe come up and take communion and say, Jesus, I'm giving this to you because you've asked. For some of you in your heart right now, you know that what you're dealing with is you haven't surrendered your life to Christ. That you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Oh, sure, you might come to church. You might say you believe in Jesus. You you maybe have come to church all of your life or you might be brand new. But, but, But you know in here and in here God's saying, you haven't said, here I am. So this morning... Say, here I am to the Lord. And surrender your life to Jesus. Come up to the connect corner. Right back there, you see the word, it's lit up. 
then just come there. I'll be there. there. There's some other prayer counselors there. We would love to pray with you about surrendering your life to Jesus and asking him to be your Lord and Savior. You can say it privately. You can just talk to Jesus and do that, but we always encourage you to go publicly about it. One way to go publicly is to say, take a step of baptism. One of my friends who gave his life to Christ last week and is getting baptized here in just a minute because he's saying, this is what God has asked me to do. For some of you, you know you're not honoring God with your finances. For some of you, you know you're not honoring God with your time. Then take these moments and make the preparations to carry out the plan, trusting the Lord to provide. And if you need to talk to somebody about how to do that, about how to give, stop by the connect wall right in the lobby. There's people there. They can show you how you can give. Um, when it comes to finances, they can show you how to serve and give of your time. Whatever the Lord is putting on your heart, whatever he is speaking to you, my prayer is simply this, that you will get off your donkey and you'll say, here I am. Here I am. Won't you stand with me and let's pray together. Jesus, here I am, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Speak through your scripture. Speak through your spirit.